Scott, Dane Moore was joking about how Pat Bev doesn't actually guard his man the full length of the court all that often, and thus has an inaccurate nickname of Mr. 94 Feet. When we're playing pickup basketball, where do you start playing defense? (laughs) Defense. Welcome to episode 185 of Wolves Cast, the show that wishes they had fans like Jake Lehman. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. MVP. MVP. Oh my MVP. gosh, it's crazy. It's like the the game doesn't really start until Jake Lehman checks in. I mean, if we had Jake Lehman as a starter, D'Lo would have never had to tell the fans to bring the energy because apparently that's he's got a dedicated cheering section. It reminds me of when... Uh, Dougie McBucket's Doug McDermott would come, and there'd be like, you, what is it, Creighton? Yeah, Creighton. Creighton, yeah, huge yeah. Creighton fan section. Every time he'd play here, it'd just be like, why is it, Why is there this huge cheering section for Dougie McBucket's? And that's why. Yeah, he's the white guy at the end of the bench, that's right. I think. And, uh, you Ryan's Calabrini I think, uh, you know, I think Lehman, you know, just being around for a couple years, that also plays into it. You know, he's not like a who is this guy uh, type of thing. You know, what's his third year on the team? So he's been around for a little while, and, and uh, yeah, so I think people dig into that as well. But, you know, there's a, there's a rich history of from, from Mark Madsen to, you know, uh, Darko, uh, Brian Cardinal. Uh, I guess Hummel was less of an end-of-the-bench guy, but all these white guys that are at the end of the bench that, you know, people, you know, I think more casual fans can get very excited about, about the idea of seeing them play basketball. That's how that goes. For the record, in pickup basketball, it's offense that I don't play because I can't shoot anyways. And what I do is uh, I hang around like the top of the three-point line because nobody guards me there. Mm. And that way, if there's a fast break, I can get back and stop it. Yeah, you're three-fourths of the way there. If I'm under the board trying to board it, I can't beat anyone in a foot race. So if my guy boards it, then then that's a fast break because I can't catch him. So I always have to you know, kind of hover on offense. They're not going to pass me the ball anyways. And then I always kind of at half court ready you know, for some Somebody to get the ball and stop that break. Also, I feel like on the show in the past, you've shared that it's something of a negotiation between uh, you know you and, and your man as far as okay, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Talk to your man a little bit. <laughs> See if you can make a truce of sorts uh, in in the pickup game. Uh, man, I wish I miss playing pickup. We need to get back to that. I don't know. I know it's uh, like, it's hard to do it. <laughs> I know you've been good. You've been good. You've been you know because you're good enough to play in some of like Wednesday night games or whatever, which means something in my head, which probably doesn't mean anything to most of our listeners. Just like little, it's, it's not like a league. Yeah, it is a league, I guess. Yeah, it's a four on four league. Whereas I don't, I'm not confident enough in my game. We were talking about, <laughs> we used to have a Sunday night game that was for fun. A lot of Wolf's cast listeners and friends of ours would play and it was all pretty casual. Uh, my kind of speed, if you will. Um, <laughs> I just realized I haven't done it since the pandemic started, and that's my like age thirty two, age thirty three years, you know, or wow. may, more accurate, my thirty three, thirty four years. Cause I'm thirty four <laughs> right now, and it's just like I don't get those years back, you know. You hear all these guys on podcasts, all these old media guys talking about, oh, you know, I can't play like I used to play, but I can still do this, and it's like, man, I'm. I guess I saved my knees. All those jumps are still in my knees, maybe. Like, maybe I extended my playing career, but it, it hit me like a sack of bricks when I'm like, ooh, that's two years out of my, not really in prime, but, you know, it's if the years are always getting worse, it's my two best years that I had left, you know, kind that's of thing right. gone. So uh, we got to get that it's, going again, it's please. Not, it's not please. over, Scott. You can always uh, keep playing, you know what I mean? It's, that's right. It doesn't have to be curtains, but... Uh, 
Yeah, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Wolves Cast. We got uh, we got another show for you this week. Timberwolves are rolling. What things a week! Are, things are good in in uh, Minnesota here for uh, basketball purposes. So, yeah, Be- yeah. Before talking about the quality of our opponents, let's just celebrate uh, an yeah, undefeated right. week. Uh, crushed all opponents. Just like a celebratory kind of week at Target Center. Ooh. Most of the games are two of the uh, games are at Target Center, and no, it was three of the games uh, were at yeah. Target Center, and it was just. Uh, Man, what a blast. What a blast. It's something, too, like if we do factor in the quality of opponent, they're bad. The Portland OKC, two teams that are tanking hard. Like who he play for in the starting lineup kind of things going on. We've been there. We know that. Two-way guys, minimum guys. Right. We recognize a tank when we see one. But uh, still, even that, have the fans be going wild at the target center. Usually those are the games you don't show up to a Wednesday night against a tanking team like OKC. I think it's what we said last week, though, where it's just like usually this late in the season, you know, it's it's the games don't matter, you know, for for the complete opposite reason, right? We're the team that's tanking, so I think it's just like novel for Timberwolves fans, Minnesota basketball fans, to be like, oh, even though uh, yeah, the other team's tanking, like let's get another one here, let's keep the streak going, right? Exactly. Well, winning streaks will will catch the attention of oh, a yeah. casual fan in this town, and mm. I I feel like you know we talked about it with Robert last week on the season, the three quarters recap. Check that out if you haven't yet. We love it when Robert's on. The pod with us, um, but we talked about it a little bit. Just uh, you know how the winning streak is kind of capturing some uh, casual fans' attention. They're, yeah. they're noticing the Timberwolves now for the, more than they have recently. So uh, hopefully that'll just keep the momentum going. That's right. So uh, yeah, week recap. Let's start it right there. We got a whole bunch of other wonderful things in the show, but you know about that. Let's just get it going. Week recap. Wolves are thirty-eight and twenty-nine. What? Holy moly! Nine games above. 500 right what? here. I remember most of the year we celebrate. No, oh, we're two games away from being at 500 or something like that. And now it's like, yeah, they're nine above right now. Defensive rating is 11th in the league. Offensive is seventh. Good for the eighth best net rating. You know, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, you're beating up on some bad teams or whatever, but the stats don't see that. The net rating doesn't see that, right? Everybody has to play bad teams eventually. So, um, you know, it works out uh, stats wise for the Wolves. And yeah, four and a week, as you mentioned, Scott. Pretty, pretty impressive. So yeah, two games against Oklahoma City, kind of bookending the rest of the week, which was a back-to-back home-home uh, Saturday and Monday against Portland. So uh, yeah, lots of lots of blowouts to talk about here, Scott. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not, I mean, not very many competitive games, which we like. <laughs> we do not want competitive games in these situations. These are games we used to give away, where we would play down to the level of our competition, and that did not happen. Uh, it was just another one of the trends that this season team, this season's team, has yeah. completely bucked. You know, we've talked about how this team is doing the opposite of all the terrible trends that we've told ourselves. This is just what it means to play Tim Rolls basketball, to play down to your opponents. And they're like, no. We've also played good on Sunday afternoon games. We play defense. There's so many things that we, we've never done before with this team, you know. But yeah. uh, that's definitely one of them. So I, I love that. It's a great sign. You know, it could have been, especially after the riding high of going, you know, three and one against those really tough four teams. We lost to the Sixers, yeah. but we beat the Cavs and we beat the Warriors and we beat, there's another tough team in there. And um, I just think that uh, Grizz, we beat the Grizz. Mm. And so I think that there was a chance it would be a little, you know, riding high maybe and take these teams for granted yeah. and drop one of them. Yeah. And even if you dropped one of them, it wouldn't have been the sky is falling, but like it would have put me in a really bad mood. So I'm really glad that. Especially with the lineups they were throwing out there, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's not just bad teams. It's not like teams that are worse than you. It's just like teams that are worse than you that are actively trying to lose. Right. Not, <laughs> not competitive lineups. Yeah, so yeah. it was good to see us not just win, but win heartily. And, yeah. 
you know, give Jake Lehman that fourth quarter. Give him the whole fourth quarter. This is like, uh, you know, what they used to do with Giannis last season or, you know, Steph during the good times of the Warriors where it's just like, okay, you're done after three quarters. It's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, that happened a lot. There was a lot of rest for uh, Wolf starters this week. I Malik mean, could have gotten the rest too, but he got back in late yeah. in the game for some reasons we'll talk about yeah. later in the show. Padding it out a little bit there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they got some things, I guess, a little bit to <laughs> game specifically, but yeah, a lot of these games, I think the at Oklahoma City and then maybe the first Portland game, I think were like the closest. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma, the first Oklahoma City game, they kind of hung around a long time and it was kind of neck and neck um, until like the second half or fourth quarter. And I'm pretty sure that, w- that was exactly the case in that first Portland game where they were hanging around and then like right like at we the end. We were down at the half by like a point I think I saw like the final score before I watched that game. And then like I was just like miffed at like, man, it's like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And this game's still tied. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the avalanche is about to hit. So, you know, those games had, you know, many quarters of competitive play. But I also had the game spoiled for me and I, I was thinking when I saw that going on I was like I'm so glad I kind of know the outcome of this because I would be way too stressed otherwise yeah, yeah I guess it's terrible yeah yeah you got like these yeah these Portland like rookies and stuff Ooh, like, by oh, the way man. a new way I got a game spoiled for me Kyle Tige oh, hey at EIC I got a Slack notification, which is so weird because I never get Slack notifications. Oh. It's very rare. And huh. for some reason, it was just like from the Canis Hoopa Slack. It was like, Tiggy saying, hey, it was a great win last night or a great win tonight. And I was like, that's a new way that I've been spoiled. Thank you, Kyle. Well, that's something to do with like the Slack outage that happened this maybe, week. They, maybe. Maybe. Like, it was some really your... weird behavior from Slack. I'm not blaming Kyle. It's definitely Slack's yeah, fault. Yeah, just got to go in there and uh, retweak those notification settings. But yeah, always fun to have the game spoiled in different ways. Good times. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, there's just not. I feel like the team just took advantage of stuff, right? They just took uh, took these teams. Uh, you know, like you said, they didn't take them for granted, and they just, uh, you know, they handled their business this week. And even with some, you know, every game seemed to have, you know, uh, you know, one or two kind of important Wolves players sitting out. We had Anthony Edwards with the, um, you know, the patellar tendon stuff. Uh, we talked about that last week because yep. it was kind of lingering. But yeah, he, he sat out three, three of the four games. He okay. came back last night against OKC. We're recording this on okay. Thursday, the yeah. day, night after the OKC game uh, on March 9th. It's March 10th today. Happy Mario Day, everybody. March oh, yeah. 10th. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a me. Um, Mario. You know, Pat Beverly, it seems like, you know, he's on the, you know, he's he's questionable almost every game. I, I think you could. Which is fine. Yeah, well, well, Pat Bev, old, and Anthony Edwards, the mm-hmm. knee injury that won't go away until mm-hmm. probably at least the offseason, you know. It's yeah. like you can rest these guys whenever you have a chance. And I love that we did that yeah. this week. We said easy competition. Let's rest and still take care of business. And it was like just perfect because it's great to be able to give rest to Ant and Pat Bev and, you know, Vando too because, man, Vando, he the way he plays, he gets beat up. And to keep those guys fresh for the playoffs, I mean, that will just be invaluable. So, or at least keep those guys fresh for this stretch of hard games coming up oh, at yeah. the very least, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, again, you're, you're kind of, you know, you need every win right now as you're still chasing that sixth seed. But in a, in a way, you're kind of playing with house money with, uh, you know, just how far ahead you are, you know, sort of, you know, in the overall standings. Like, you're going to probably be seven or eight. You're kind of even putting some distance between you and the Clippers. So, things are going well right now. And you, you can, yeah, afford to, you know, shut a guy down for a game. 
game or you know something like that against one just of these briefly weak though what we're, what's going on in this five six seven eight seed in the west right now oh, yeah. the mavs are seven and three in their last 10 the nuggets are nine and one the timberwolves are eight and two and the clippers are seven and three so even though we went eight and two the nuggets still put distance between us and the sixth seed uh-huh. and like man did you see that at the end of that pelicans game where Jokic went for 30 in oh, the fourth quarter in overtime came back oh man we were celebrating that one on twitter we were just like oh man look how big the pelicans are up and i just knew i just knew i was like man i'm gonna see the score later and the nuggets are gonna win this and they did uh so you can't really begrudge them i mean that's uh just the nature of a competitive race you know it's easier to win all your games if you're still competing at the end of the season because you'll run into more teams that are tanking like we did uh, so that's definitely happened but you just gotta you know nod you know tip your cap nod your head that's right. to those teams and just hope that you know we come out of it because i think it is silly i mean are we going to talk about the play-in later in the pod i forget if we have a mailbag question about it no it's more about the matchups and the real playoffs oh so. yeah because i saw someone tweet today that like yeah the play-in tournament is good but uh if you're like 10 games down you know like the drop-off between the clippers at eight and the lakers at nine is just huge the lakers are 28 and 37 and the clippers are 35 33 if there's that big of a difference do we really want like the 10 seed and the nine seed have a crack at the playoffs like you're i get this in the play there should be a threshold that like activates the play-in right yeah if you're within five games of the team ahead of you or something like that you know but i guess that's kind of the idea of the play-in is like if you had a terrible season but uh your guys got healthy for the last two months and you're able to just get yeah. within shooting distance maybe you can get into the playoffs but uh, it's funny. I'm, I feel like LeBron James. You know how LeBron last year was like, oh, play-in is a good idea. And then all of a sudden his team was in the play-in. He's like, play-in is dumb. I think that guy should get fired who thought of it. And then this year he's probably like, play-in is good. It's the only yeah. way the Lakers are staying in it. Yeah. And I feel like that way now because now that the Timberwolves are on the opposite side. Like before this season, I was like, play-in. We're aiming for the play-in, baby. We can get that play-in uh. spot. And then who knows? And now I'm like, play-in? Why are we having a play-in? That doesn't seem like a good rule. <laughs> That's right. Context dependent there. It depends on which direction you're looking at. It I from. still I still like the rule. It's just like it is interesting. But hey, with the way the Wolves are playing, we just got to take care of business and we'll be fine. You know, absolutely. OK, let's um, that's enough of that. Enough of the weak stuff. Let's talk about. Oh, uh, uh, just shout out to OKC bringing that loud city uh, energy against Pat Bev. Man, talk about cheer. Like one it's you know, you're the only major sports team in town. So you still get great crowds, even though you're in your tanking seasons. You know, got to respect OKC for showing up through that you know we've been through a lot of tanking seasons there isn't that kind of energy in the target center so i just love that like all these years later every time pat bev talk about mr 94 feet you know every time mr 94 feet of the court he was getting booed you know every time he touched the ball it was it was sounding like harsher than when you know jimmy butler's in the target center it was crazy so long so much time has passed and also i i called talking about last week i feel like someone so and so knows how to hold a grudge or something and i feel like Oh, maybe the Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook here. or something. Because... No, but I know that's what happened. But I feel like we were also talking about like another franchise that holds a grudge. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah, they, like you're saying, they're the only game in town. So those fans, yeah, they every live and die by every game, every season, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Well, I also think that the jerseys the OKC was wearing, the white court, the white and gray oh, court, yeah, yeah, yeah. white and gray jerseys. Gray. I said, this is just what happens when a team gives up <laughs> on ever having an interesting jersey. Like, OKC yeah. has what, maybe one good jersey in their entire history as a franchise, which admittedly isn't that long, but still, it's yeah. like... They've just given up. They're like, we can't design a good jersey. We're just going to go white and monochrome. Make, let's make the court monochrome too. Let's just give up. This is us throwing <laughs> in the white flag, you know? Pat Pep loves the booze. He's hitting up. All right. We are starting off by, uh, well, kind of continuing what we we're talking about there. You know, the, I want to talk about the specifically the winning streak and uh, home court advantage 
And, um, you know, it's it's really just, just notable that it's just been so long. Like, it's just crazy to think that it's been 18 years uh, since the team has won uh, six games in a row. That's... Uh, it's quite the stat. Not many other teams can match that. Maybe even maybe not even the lowly Sacramento Kings are, you know, sort of you know are, are partners in in uh, you know obscurity or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't even know what they have that kind of thing going. But uh, pretty pretty crazy to have won six in a row. Um, you know, and like you said, it's not all, even all about those uh, those uh, bottom feeders. They they beat some playoff teams in there well as well. So uh, and also six in a row riding high. Oh man, well, I, I wish I brought the Jake Graffs tweet. Man, I can get it. I can bring it up real quick about uh, you know what's what what has happened since the last time the Timberwolves had a six game winning streak. Because oh, like culturally, or no, or like even all the play. He yeah. didn't like named all these players and like coaches and stuff that have like come through, you know, and like yeah, all the eras of Timberwolves Here we go. basketball. I got it. So the six game winning streak we haven't won six games in a row since two thousand four. <laughs> Uh, since the last time the Wolves won six in a row, the Sonics and Bobcats have combined for five win streaks of six plus. Twenty six teams have had six streaks of six plus. The Spurs have had thirty seven. Twenty one wow. teams have had a six plus win streak since just February twenty twenty one. All but the Wolves and Canes have had a six plus win streak since twenty fifteen. So, <laughs> anything possible? It's just you, Canes fans. You're all alone in your mediocrity now. Bye bye. Yeah, yeah, we're we're winning lots of games, and uh, because of that winning streak, and uh, you know, just I think just in general of how well this season has gone, there's a real home court advantage situation happening at Target Center now. Which twenty two and twelve on yeah. the season, uh, last ten games at home, eight and two. So there's definitely a, it's maybe coinciding with the the energy being brought up. You know? I think so, and it's. I think it's it's uh, long overdue, and I think um, yeah, you match uh, you know a, an actual winning team, and you know a lot of a lot of players that are connecting with the fans. You know, I think that helps too, is because again, you know, you don't have to look that far back to actually see when the Wolves made the playoffs before, and you know the comparisons to that season, and and how this is just so much more fun. And I don't think you necessarily had these comments about the home court advantage and all that stuff at that time. So it's not just about winning; it's about the players that are actually getting it done and sort of the the feelings that they inspire yeah absolutely and the feelings they inspire in us <laughs> yeah so you're gonna have you know and i think that you can't uh can't ignore d'angelo russell's sort of play in all this too with the you know you know the quiet fans comments and getting the getting the standing on your feet until the first bucket you know i, I that's a that seems like a small thing but i think it also was kind of a wake-up call in a lot of ways and really did come at the perfect time because you know if you do kind of uh, you know, follow that up with some lackluster play or something maybe that doesn't connect um, but i think they've been able to kind of continue to ride that wave and actually do the actual wave in the arena as well get it going around so um i think that's huge too so shout out to d'lo too for um you know kind of i think he kind of started this all off a little bit and kind of just at least you know even if we disagreed with his assessment or whatever i think it like at least got wolves fans thinking about that you know even to be like yeah maybe we are a little too quiet okay i'll show you or you know what i mean even in spite it's like yeah i can be loud uh so i i, I that was a it was a cunning move i think <laughs> by d'angelo russell to get the fans going yeah we talk about him a lot but it still seems like he's a little under the radar and compared yeah. to the other stars on this team or the other guys yeah. getting a lot of love. So it's always good to show him some love. Uh, did you read the stat that I have here? Uh, Minnesota has won their last six games. Hey, win streak. <laughs> by an average of 24 points. Wow. And are scoring 130.8 points per game during that stretch. The Wolves have now scored the most points per game, the most points total in the NBA this season. Whoa. 
we are number one, number one in offense, number one in points scored. So uh, total points. You know, this is uh, this is kind of the team we expected to see coming into the season. Yeah, the the final scores from the last four games are as follows: one thirty eight to one hundred one, one thirty five to one twenty one, one twenty four to eighty one, and one thirty two to one hundred two. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> the least amount of points we scored uh, in the last week is 124, and we won that game by over 40 points. Yep. What? What is happening? Uh, I mean, that is that is again. Even when you bake in the like idea of like these teams being tanking or whatever, it's still uh, still impressive to really just oh totally by the hang way, it, hang it on them. Like Carl that. Anthony Towns, Western Conference Player of the Week last week oh. too. Forgot that four zero. You know. Okay, cat. All right, cat. I see you. Got overshadowed because I think they announced the Player of the Month right after News Luca. But Ah, <laughs> got overshadowed, works, but hey, yeah. well, or maybe it was Ja. I forget. Either way, they both yeah. deserve it. But yeah, the winning streak, the home court advantage. It's uh, it's been impressive. It's been fun, and I think um, you know, we're just going to keep it going. I mean, they're going to have to, uh, you know, they're probably they're going to face some tougher teams here. So you know, the streak might be ending soon. But I think the home court advantage is something that will continue. Looks like they're in place to host a play in game um, or two potentially. You know, if if they do, unfortunately lose that first one so that will be huge you know what i mean like when it comes down to one game that you know we saw it in uh you know game 82 a few years back where it's like yeah like this you know having home court having a, a you know crazy crowd it can help especially in a one game situation or a game seven type situation so um let's hope that um that continues on with the with the winning ways um but speaking of winning there's been one gentleman who has uh Really helped uh, winning those games. It's Mr. Uh, Mr. Beasley. He's on fire! Oh, yeah. He Quite was literally. the other night. Yeah, no, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't even think about where we were slotting him into full court press, but that was the perfect kind start. of intro. Yeah, into it. yeah. Because he has been on fire, everybody. Um, I'm going to break this down first with a stat from Dane Moore. You know, we shouted him out at the top of the podcast, cold open style. But uh, everyone, you know Dane. If you're not following him, I mean, you Canis need to. Hoop is his own. Yeah, exactly. He's great content. And so anyways, Dane, uh, be- and this is before last night's game, before Malik's magical night, everybody. Dane tweeted, since December 17th, Malik Beasley has taken 320 three-point shots. The only player in the league who has taken more threes in that time span is Steph Curry with 347. And Curry has played over 200 more minutes than Beasley. So Beasley is the rate of fire. He's a machine gun out there. That's the best volume right there. And then over that time, Beasley is shooting 39% from deep, whereas Curry is only shooting 36%. So he's shooting with the second most volume in the league since December 17th. And he's doing it with the highest accuracy of the you know people who shot that much, but basically him and Steph. Yeah. 39% since December 17th. That's pretty good, Malik. I think that we can say that the cold stretch is over. Yeah, that's uh, he's he's right up there with you know the league's finest uh, you know volume jump shooters. Uh, you know, you mentioned Curry, uh, Duncan Robinson, um, you know Buddy Heald. I, th- I think are kind of the other candidates who are of this mold, or it's just like all shooting. <laughs> like your number one job is just get them up from from outside, and you know I think uh, you know he's hitting. He's hitting more threes than I think a lot of those those guys, especially when you you know cut it as the last couple months or something like that, you know, because he's really really come on after after a tough tough start, you know. So that's been obviously just just wonderful to see, and uh, yeah, it continues uh, it continues to rise. Still, amazingly, uh, below average true shooting for the season for Malik. It shows you how bad the start of his year was, and you know it's it's pretty crazy to talk about because yeah, he's on the floor to hit threes. 
But I feel like he's been like disappointing overall, right? Like as a defender, as someone who could do anything but make threes, like um, you know, you would have liked to see a little bit more of that, especially for the money he's getting paid. He's he's, he's kind of confirmed that his contract is, is 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 pretty pretty huge for what he's given you as a bench guy who only shoots threes. But hey, they're going in right now, and uh, if that continues for the rest of this season, and especially in the playoffs, it's not really going to matter because they have so many other guys, especially with the rise of Jalen Noel and with how good Russell's been playing. They haven't really necessarily needed more offense from Beasley, right? Like, that role for him has been enough. You'd like it to be more, but they haven't really needed that. So in another way, it's like, all right, we can live with it, especially if he's going to hit him at the rate he has over the last few months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Beasley is our three-point specialist. This is what we have yeah. him for. We obviously hope he could be a 3 and D guy. He's not quite that, you know, but I don't think he's getting paid like a 3 and D guy. Those guys get, like, look at Bridges and, and Mikael Bridges in Phoenix. He's got, oh, yeah. He got paid because he can do the 3 and the D. And the kind of guys who can do both at a high level are rarer than they seem to be because every team has a couple of guys they hope can be 3 and D guys, but then they end up being like Andrew Wiggins you know, or someone, you know, <laughs> where it's like, he's okay at the 3 and okay at the D or guys yeah. who are all one or another like uh, – uh, like Beasley, who's all all three, very That's little right. D, That's but right. uh, he can, you know, it's not like he's not trying on defense. He he understands the scheme. He's in the right place. He's just not, you know, the, he's he has his deficiencies. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is, we just need him to hit threes. That's all we really need from yeah. him. And you know, hopefully he can bring it. I know last night was pretty special, but hopefully he can bring it when he comes off the bench. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Chris Finch said when he was talking about Beasley. I think it was in the post game. Th- yeah, it was the post game last night. He said that it was t- discussing Beasley's problems in the beginning of the season, and he just flat out said, "I think Beasley had a problem with going to the bench. Like I feel like he did not adapt well to going to the bench, which is a little bit more insight than you usually get out of Finch." And they asked Beasley about that too in his post game, and he kind of agreed with it as well. And it's just like maybe, and it's one thing to say, "Well, now he's over it," but also last night he was a starter. <laughs> You know, he's been playing really well this past week because he's been a starter. And so I just hope that, you know, once he comes back to the, his bench role, if maybe maybe he deserves to be a starter. I don't know. If it's the only way to get him to play like this, I'd consider <laughs> shaking up that starting lineup. But hopefully he can bring it when he gets back to that bench role because, yeah, having a guy who can come off the bench and just shoot like this and then maybe he closes out the game if he's shooting like this. You know, it's, it's a complete game changer. Yeah, and 11 threes made in the one game the other night. That's a franchise record. Uh, well, uh, you know, well established, and uh, yeah, Edwards uh, hit ten earlier, so he took it. He should just shoot it every time he touches it. Yeah, and he uh, he was certainly looking for it. You know, he felt it and was feeling good. And he, you know, had a stretch in there where he hit you know three or four in a row. And I feel like uh, you know, good. even though Basketball Reference says his nickname is the Mutant, <laughs> was the X Men theme song. Uh, I feel like the new nickname is here to stay. There were signs and people were chanting it last night in the Target Center. And Malik Threesley in full form here tonight. Well, and even, even more importantly, you know, um, you know, Sean Parker, the the PA announcer, is using it now. You know, yeah. he hits a three. He's like three. Once it's once so, it's a PA announcer, yeah. you're, it's kind of stuck. Uh huh. from Mercado. We'll know it's really in when we see like people with custom jerseys. Right, exactly. Three yep. on the <laughs> man. We gotta do another back. one of those player nickname on the back of the jersey games. Oh, it's yeah. been like ten years since. They yeah, did that. yeah, that was fun. Like uh, they did in the All Star game that one year. Oh yeah, I, I think saw it's like fun. a Let's picture of that like during this year's All Star. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was like King James on the right. back and stuff. The best part of that was just like the guys who didn't have nicknames trying right. to force something. Right. Yeah, it's like oh, so that's what you're trying to force. I think that was the real fun of those. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, just Malik shooting the cover off the ball. We couldn't be happier for him. And like, talk about exactly. I mean, this team, is, I think, leads the league now in three 
uh, attempted. I don't think we've made, I think the Warriors still yeah. have this beat in threes made. But and so, like, I guess this team already has a lot of three point shooting, but it just still feels like something we really needed. And to have Beasley doing this, it just really opens up the team. Also, can we talk about uh, the great play from the bench this past week, just briefly? Oh, yeah. We didn't really talk about it in full court press, but like, like you said, every night there was at least two starters out, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And so that means you, you, you thin out your bench by bringing bench players into your starting lineup and then bringing guys out of the rotation into the into the rotation and just like the game play of Josh Okoge and these other guys who are getting called to step up and into games has been terrific and that's so encouraging too to see like your bench having this like crazy success uh, because it just means that like your entire roster top to bottom is ready yeah Torian Prince I feel like had a really good week and uh, Jaden McDaniels so things are all coming together well it feels like everyone is like peaking at the right time but maybe it's too early playoffs are almost exactly a month away so let's hope they can continue it and uh, you know keep it going for another month here. Because yeah, they're uh, you want to be you want to be coming together right about now. So I think the Wolves are in a good position for that. All right, one more thing here for full court press. Bravo, bravo. I mean, oops, I, we did it wrong. That's the extra fourth. We did. He's on fire. So well, uh, let's do razzle dazzle then. <laughs> All right, we a little razzle dazzle in there for bonus. It. And, uh, you know, any of the you know heating up. He's Actually, on fire. This, he's on fire he's would on also fire. be appropriate for this topic, I guess. Yeah, Towns, Carl Anthony Towns. We're, we're going back in time on this one. We did not talk about it. It was inappropriate to talk about last week on the quarter season uh, review. But Carl uh, Towns winning the three point contest at All Star Weekend. Uh, Mountain Dew. Uh, I forget who sponsored it. Taco Bell. I think it's Mountain one Dew. Of, one of them. We know, uh, we know Mountain Dew Ice. I think maybe. we know Clorox was the. Um, which one was Clorox? Clor- <laughs> no, maybe Clorox is a three-point shooting contest. It was the Mountain Dew. Okay, three point Mountain Dew three-point shooting contest. Everybody, Carl Towns wins it. We have another big man Timberwolf champion of uh, of the three-point contest. Scott, did you watch it? Did you enjoy it? How did you feel about Carl's performance? I watched it. I enjoyed it. I also. <laughs> It spoiled for me. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even hate it. I mean, it was like, it would have been special to watch unspoiled. Um, but I was just like so happy for him. That I, yeah. I didn't even mind it. I was just so happy for him. And then it also, you know, then you could watch it a little pressure free, uh, kind of knowing that he's going to do all right for himself. I would have loved the suspense of it. But man, it was such a fun performance. And I can't remember the last time I've seen Cat so happy, you know? <laughs> like, he was just talking his ass, you know, afterwards and, like, good for him, you know? He he just, it really felt like he could finally, you know, be like, yeah, I am good. I can't, because, you know, he lost a lot of that confidence with the whole Jimmy Butler thing, and at least the outward confidence. I think he still believes in himself inwardly, but he hasn't been very boastful and just to see him so proud, like so smiley, like that kind of smile that you just is like so genuine and you couldn't wipe it off his face. I was just so happy for the guy and what a dominant, you know, finals performance. Uh, just like, it wasn't one of those things where it's like, Oh, he did, he did bad, but everyone else did worse. You know, it was like, he took it, he went out there and took it. And uh, I just, I'm so happy for him. Yeah. And he, you know, at first, um, I feel like he got in there, you know, he had a really good first round, um, you know, you know enough to enough to get it in there. He was kind of right in the middle of the contestants, so you felt pretty good about that that he'd make it. He wasn't like kind of on the bubble, biting his nails to make sure no one could come over the top of him. But then he really just put it away with his with his second round performance, and and uh, I think he went like first or, or second. Yeah, he went first. He went first, round, and set just the like tone. the other two could not. Uh, you know, could not match what he did. He was just so, so good. And it kind of felt, it was just interesting because it's, I think it's hard to go first in a lot of ways because just like, I feel like there's just a ton of pressure, but 
he set the bar so high that no one else could could really um, clear it after him, you know. So that was that was really impressive, and it's, so it was you know it was, it was cool. Obviously, just like oh you you won it, but also the kind of how he did it in such like dominating fashion was like oh wow, like that wasn't even really that close and, and stuff. And uh, so that was that was really impressive on, on a number of different ways. And you know I felt the same that I did watching him win the you know the skills competition from a few years ago, where I feel like for him it's about like representing the big man. Yeah. You know, he just, you know, he obviously prides himself on being the best big man shooter of all time. You know, I think, uh, I forget who it was. That's some, making people angry, by point, the way. I forget, yeah, some guys were saying, though, after, the, I think, I don't know if it was during the contest or whatever, but they said, oh, yeah, best shooting center of all. Or I think uh, maybe it was Nate Duncan who was saying that, which I think is interesting because it's like, Jerk, yeah, he's seven feet, but he primarily played alongside a real big. Right. So, like, Dirk really was more of a power forward. He always sure. had, you know, Jop or, or, or Dampier or um, who's Tyson Chandler. It would be interesting Chandler. to see if Dirk's career started today, if he'd be the small he'd ball the five. Right? Yeah, he absolutely would. It would really change stuff because he, you know, never really had the greatest defensive skill set. Well, yeah, set, much but... like Carl, you need to pair him. But, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Of like, yeah, maybe Dirk is – they're both – it's hard to, you know, again, Dirk had many years in the career. Yeah, in his career, 18 I mean, years or something. It's, it's hard to – to compare but I think Carl is the best shooting center and maybe Dirk is the best shooting power forward and I think that you know no one's saying that Carl's better than Dirk right now I mean yeah. a lot of it is like the longevity of it yes. so give Carl time I think we're saying he's on pace to be the best shooting big man you know he's not it yet but you know you got to check off I think T- Towns even said something too like you got to check off some accomplishments if you're going to want to claim that and this is one of them you got to check off and he did it you yeah. know I think Dirk so, only won it once you know I think he was in it a lot but I'm pretty sure he only won that contest once not many guys have won it multiple times it's hard you know even if you're one of the greatest, you just have one bad round and you're out. I so. also feel like, too, like the distinction between shooter and three-point shooter. Because yeah, like, yeah. I think like Towns might be better than Dirk on the three-point shooting, but like Dirk... His his iconic shot was all over, you know, the long two kind of fade away, you know. Yeah. And I still remember one of my favorite Dirk highlights. You can find it online. Is he was at the free throw line to like seal a game, like it was really important, and everyone in the crowd was heckling him. And so for his last free throw, he shot it like off the screen. He shot it straight up in the air. It was the biggest trick shot ever, and then it came straight down through the. Oh, hoop. he I see. He purposely banked it from straight on. Not even banked it. He swished it, but he shot it like a hundred feet in the oh, air. Oh, out of the he screen. He made it super high. It was a yeah. rainbow. Yeah, it was a rainbow that like went out of the screen, and then you waited for a second then you see it drop back in through the hoop it was just the biggest like f you trick shot like okay you guys booing me i'll say, do this trick shot yeah trick shot's a good way to put that one so yeah dirk dirk is a whole different kind of shooter than cat but you know it's by the end of the day it doesn't matter too much i think dallas fans need to calm down a little bit i've seen a lot of really hurt dallas people online talking also about just it. legacy nba guys you know who's like oh i played against dirk don't say that you know or like i saw one of the portland guys uh followers or i don't know he, he has a podcast about the team was really bent out of shape about how much the Wolves were enjoying themselves beating Portland. It's kind of like the Lakers uh, post-game show earlier this year when they're like, look at them celebrate like they just won the championship. Act like you've been there before and stuff. And it's just like, man, the Timberwolves being happy makes people hate, you know? Yeah, people don't like change and the Wolves are actually good right now. So I guess uh, bring the hate, everybody. Hate, hate. All right, cool. Let's, uh, Let's pay some bills and tell you about a very special sponsor. Everybody, we're going to dive right into it. For over a decade, Patrick Beverly has been making a living taking things from others. First, he'll snatch the ball, then he'll remove your will to compete. Finally, this world-class defender is ready to bring his penchant for thievery to the mass market with the Pat Bev Vacuum Cannon. Timberwolves fans were delighted by Beverly's celebratory antics recently. I said Timberwolves fans, not Portland fans. 
Timberwolves fans were delighted by Patrick's celebratory antics recently as he borrowed the Target Center t-shirt cannon from Crunch. And it was in that very moment that Patrick was struck with an idea for a new type of device. Using the same form factor as the classic t-shirt launching cannon, Beverly imagined a device that could instead remove an object rather than deliver it. Mere days later, that vision is a reality. The Pet Bev, the Pet Bev Vacuum Cannon is a revolutionary new product that will help the less defensively inclined execute a well-timed steal on or off the court. Whether you're attempting to extract the basketball from your opponent or retrieve your purse from a pickpocket on the street, this product will ensure that you can take anything in sight. So order today. Patrick Beverly himself is standing by to take your call, your order, and probably your lunch money. Dial 1-800-SHY-CITY today and purchase your very own cannon. Let Patrick know Wolvescast sent you, and he'll include a copy of his best-selling guide to trash talk, belittling the best with Bev, as a special gift. Thank you to the Pat Bev Vacuum Cannon for their support of Wolvescast. Up next, we're going to dive into the mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages Send us your carrier pigeons We want to hear from you yeah. Alright, we have your questions, we have received them And uh, thank you to everyone who sent them in It's, it's fantastic to hear from you uh, you know, we've been kind of light on mailbags this season, so we had to get back to it here late in the year. And uh, wow, this is uh, this thing is stuffed full. So much, so much paper, so many envelopes, so many stamps. They're all here, and uh, we uh, we're going to answer uh, as many as we can here. Hopefully, we do a good job. And to everybody who doesn't have their questions read, right thank you. Oh. We appreciate it. We mm. really appreciate it. You make us feel like Jake Lehman every day of the week. Oh, yep. We had our own fan club, just like Jake. Um, first one comes to us from Def Smurf. Uh, these are all from Twitter at Def Smurf. Uh, what were you guys up to the last time the Wolves had six wins in a row? All right, Def Smurf. Well, that would be 2004, Scott. And uh, I so think we I were... saw a spring of 04, and then it carried over till the next season oh, as well. So, like that, we won the first game of the next season. Ooh. That wasn't part of the six game. It was like a ten game winning streak, but it was also the last time we got a six game winning streak. So, mm. you can consider this the end of the 03-04 season, which kind of the spring time 04, Neil. I believe you were going to your senior prom and graduating high school. That's if right. If I remember correctly. Yeah, 2004, graduation, high school, and uh, getting ready for college, I guess. So, yeah, that was a long time ago. So, I mean, obviously, that's that's what we're talking about. It was 18 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Aunt Anthony Edwards was three years old, he said. Oh, my gosh. That is something else. But, yeah, so a little bit of high school, a little bit of, uh, yeah, prepping for college and uh, working at Kohl's, probably. You were really going hard with your band at the time, HTZ, yep. Yep. playing a lot of shows. shows locally and trying to make an album and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's that's wild to think about. But I, we lived in Minnesota, so at least we have that going for us. So, you know, we were we were around. We were fans. We were, you know, attending some of those games and stuff like that. So it, as wild as it is to think about how long it is, it's also like, oh, yeah, we were, we were fans back then. So kind of, yeah, my, how time flies, I suppose. Uh, okay, Scott, what about you? You were uh, a little younger in high a, school. It was a good year for me. I really feel like, you know, I know it's blaming you, Neil, but once you left school, I kind of like got to stretch my wings a little bit. I, I think feel you. Part 
of it is a lot of people don't realize the high school at the time was uh, 10 through 12. We had oh, yeah. two middle schools that would go 6, 7, 8, 9. Mm-hmm. And that's different from most people. Usually the freshmen are the ones that are crapped upon. But in our high school, the, yeah, the lowest class was sophomore. So you just feel like you're the underclassman. Everyone is kind of, you know, more in charge of stuff than yeah. you. You're trying to figure stuff out. I felt like my junior year was really when everything came into its own. That's so right. I had a great junior year of high school. So I think I was exiting. Uh, I had a great summer. I, you know, had... A lot of fun. Working I was work, at the pool. working at the pool, spending all day at the pool. <laughs> My wife Meg likes to laugh. Yeah, but it was an indoor pool. <laughs> I love the indoor pool because one, I didn't want to get tan. I, I don't want. I don't like the sun very like much. Sunburn, yeah. And two, the indoor pool. It's like the outdoor pool is crazy. It's just like all these kids doing crazy stuff. You got to be watching to every second. Yeah. Whereas, like in the summer, the the free swim period in Farmington, it would be like three old ladies doing like a water aerobics thing in the shallow end, and that's it. And Caroline, because Caroline would come and swim for free all the time. So Her like. Sister. Yeah, and so uh, it was a good time. It was a really good year. And it was a lot, two blocks from our house. So. A lot of good video games coming out at the time. I was way Ooh. more concerned with video games than basketball at the time. So you know, it was a good time period. Video game basketball. PS2 was the top of the. It was all the rage. I think I probably mm. had just purchased my PS2 because I'd worked at the pool long enough. I could afford my own. Bought PS2 and Shinobi was the first game I bought for it. Man. Wonderful, wonderful days. Wow, there's two, two, uh, I guess three uh, PlayStations have come since the last winning streak for the Wolves. So. That's, right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a great way to that's charge. That's another time. way. That's yeah, in that, in that, you know, in that uh, tweet, in that oh, Jake man. tweet, you know, it could have included how many systems. The, yeah, the, man, we didn't even have the Wii, let alone the Switch. Think yeah. about how big those phenomenons were. You know, we're still on the GameCube. GameCube days. life. Oh. There you go. Yeah, there's there's a countless amount. Of, oh like, man, there was there was only two Star Wars prequels at the time. We were still waiting for that third one i mean i think 2004 was when attack of the clones came out or something so yeah. we were we were riding high off oh, that yoda man. lightsaber fight at the time <laughs> yeah some taco bell promotions <laughs> nice all right good question there all right next one comes from at solana beats um he writes if we match up seven seed versus two seed with memphis what would your expectation expectation for how that series what would be your expectation for how that series plays out all right, so yeah, this is the you know the question of you know who would you know say the wolves make it through you know the play in and make it to the first round uh, you know would you rather play you know would you rather see Golden State would you rather see Memphis and um, I think we talked a little bit about that last week with Robert but so I think we talked about it off the mic though after the show ended we had a conversation about mm, whether you would rather see the yeah. Suns the Jazz the Grizz or the Warriors and I feel like uh, we didn't talk that much about the Jazz but you guys kind of felt like you wanted the Grizz where I feel like I said maybe give me the Warriors. Yeah, but. yeah, that was more of it. But yeah, speaking just of Memphis, you know, I think it's it's uh, you know I think we as as we kind of said I think it's kind of they're the weakest of those teams because they have like younger guys who maybe haven't been there as much. Whereas all the other teams seem like veteran, like we're focused on making to the finals this year, and that's their goal. Yeah. Whereas like Memphis is a little more scrappy, not happy just to be here. They've been great recently um, as well. I'm sure so. the team and their fans have higher expectations yeah. after the season but i do think they still have a little bit of a happy to be here vibe you know yes. I, I guess they technically made the playoffs last yeah. year you know so um this is you know maybe this year you know, it's like eight, year two we want to go to the second round and yes. you know when you have home court advantage you you definitely expect to it's an interesting matchup i think there is a little bit of the they could be a little starstruck by the moment you you know whereas the suns and the warriors have obviously been to the finals you know they're they don't sweat it at all in the first round so maybe you could take advantage of that a little bit i think the advantage the wolves have over uh, the Grizzlies in particular is that um, 
I think Beverly matching up with Jaws is a big one to start That's a with. big one. And the thing I was going to say is the things slow down in the playoffs, which could hurt the Timberwolves, but the Grizzlies also get a lot of their offense in transition. So I know that they struggle a lot more from the half court, kind of like the Wolves do. We, we mm-hmm. thrive in transition. Yeah. So I think that, you know, in the deep, uh, in the playoffs, you can kind of cut down the turnovers. And, you know, they would look at us and be like, all right, the team that turns over the ball so much, we get to play them. We're going to feast in transition. But I think, you know, things slow down in the playoffs, and that could really affect their offense. So I think that's the good side. The downside is, you know, the Timberwolves can't rebound. And, like, look at the Grizzlies. You got, like, all these offensive boards. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Adams just eats up those offensive boards. And, like, every time I think about the Grizzlies, I think of Brandon Clark coming in from the corner and slamming down a putback, you know, or something oh, like yeah. that. So um, the Grizzlies have a lot of good players. As, you know, you would expect you would not be a favorite against the team that is the number two in the league. Uh, but I don't know. I guess I could see the argument for, uh, you know, us being an upset for the for the Grizz. I think, it, yeah, yeah, like you said, they're not going to be favored against any of those teams, but I feel like Memphis is the team that could kind of take the furthest, you know, for a number of reasons, match up and just sort of vibe-wise or whatever with Memphis. Uh, so I didn't want the Warriors last week when we talked about off-pod. I wanted the Jazz because I feel yeah. like we have Rudy Gobert's number. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, obviously, they're farther away from the two-seed than the Grizz are. So. Yeah, they've kind of fallen off, whereas Memphis has kind of risen up. Um, so, yeah, I'm interesting to think about. And, yeah, that probably seems like – I don't know. I guess I haven't looked at the top of the standings, but it seems like that Memphis is, uh, yeah, pretty pretty uh, you know set up to be that number two seed. I mean, uh, we, right we didn't talk. We didn't factor in Tyus Stones in the playoffs, you know? Like, Ooh, revenge stuff. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he's so yeah. cool under pressure. We all remember when he won the championship for Duke. <laughs> Player of the tournament. Oh, yeah. Crushed it. Awesome. All right, number question. Uh, question three here we have from uh, your apocalypse my apocalypse right um, assuming the wolves do well this season uh, by which I mean make the playoffs I think we can all agree that it counts as a good season yes. regardless of who ends up as our GM who should they be looking for to trade trade for uh, who should they be looking to trade for what do we need and what do we give up all right your apocalypse you know just just uh you know, thinking way ahead. You know, people love trades, though, Scott. So I guess it's not surprising, but it's kind of weird even to after get this the trade. Even after, after, the, after the trade, trade deadline, deadline yeah. we get the trade questions. Yeah. So this is a little forward thinking. You know, maybe more for our uh, off season podcast. But you know, we we we, uh, we we send out the call for questions, and we can't. You know, we can't. Uh, you know, we, we can't be picky about which ones come back. So we're going to answer it. You well, we kind of can because there are some we didn't answer, but yeah, there's, <laughs> we only chose... one, there's only one we did not include in here because it involved the Wolves winning the championship, and I was like, nope. Not going to go to that one. This might be a joke. I think it was we from like it. Timberwolves France, though, or something like that. Okay. I was like, okay, guys. Um, uh, Timberwolves France, I was imagining it too, but I was also really high. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Timberwolves underscore FR or something like that. Um, all right, so yeah, so adding a player, I mean, yeah, they, they're going to be looking. I don't know about a trade. I mean, I guess that is kind of the way that um, you know some of the smaller markets get things done. Wolves don't really project to have a lot of cap space. You know, They will be able to use the mid-level, and they'll have some draft picks, and uh, you know, they already kind of made their move by re-signing Patrick I guess Beverly. Torian Prince isn't expiring, so yep. there will be some cap space for, created. There, yeah, he's least. someone that they could, you know, bring back, and if not, they'll have more to use for their uh, mid-level. So, you know, I, it's possible, but I don't really know that it'll be trade. But who knows? I mean, the I off-season, think the most likely, so much changes in the offseason. Oh, like right, at, right yeah. now, you're like, okay, things are set. But after the playoffs happen, and every team but one has a disappointing exit, um, you know, there's some different ideas, and then the draft happens, and then there's more ideas. So, and where would James Harden want to play oh, next season? Yes, you know? <laughs> yes, so many things. So. And, uh, you know, as your apocalypse kind of stated here, uh, we don't even know who the GM will be. You know, like that's another huge thing. But that comes I, first. I think the most obvious thing is that Josh Okogie's a restricted free agent and mm. he's out of our rotation.
reputation. So yeah. I think uh, it wouldn't take much for somebody to put an offer sheet on the table and then, you know, we do a sign and trade. So I yeah. think that's kind of likely. And once again, that's kind of a fringe thing. We're not going to get any big names back, but, you know, maybe someone like a Thad Young or, you know, like someone who just kind of shores up the backcourt, uh, the front court on the bench is what I was kind of thinking, you know, yeah. someone who could, you know, be another big. I think that's what the most people kind of want because we were talking about Trez, you know, at the Montrez Harrell at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of the archetype I'd want most is, uh, you know, just another front court depth piece. Yeah, that's that's the most obvious. I think that's at this point even, you know, is the most likely. So, yeah, as far as, you know, who, who it might be, I say, oh, Kogi. I mean, I think, you know, I just I just kind of mentioned Beasley as, you know, someone that I think, you know, hopefully continues to shoot this well and then, you know, in turn raises his value up because I do think he is a little superfluous right now with, with the Wolves roster and some of their young guys they have coming up behind him. A so, package of Beasley and Okogi gets you three Andy. There you go. Three so, Andy. You know, obviously it's, you know, you don't want, it's it's hard, you, 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 but you got to give up something to get something. So yeah. it can't always be a steal of a trade, right? And both teams got to be happy. So you, well, might, you I might have to give up a young guy and I think you might have to give up a draft pick. I think like any sort of bigger trade the Wolves make have to be about kind of mortgaging their future a little bit. That's just how their books are set up. I think up, a so. big conversation this summer is going to be about D'Angelo Russell wanting an extension. He's going to want a max yeah. extension this summer. That's the biggest move. And obviously with Town's future uncertain, you don't know if you want to commit to D'Lo, but uh-huh. with Town's future uncertain, you definitely don't want to just let D'Lo walk or make D'Lo yeah. angry. So that's going to be a, a viper of hornets, <laughs> a, a nest of vipers. I forget. You know I'm mixing metaphors here. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so that's going to that's going to be very contentious. So let's just let the good times roll right now, and we'll focus on that in the offseason. That's right. We will. All right. Next question comes from a friend of the podcast, the GB Beefcake. Green Bay Beefcake. Kings of the North. Kings of the North, everybody. Um, Our friend Matt says, my last jersey is Jimmy Butler, so I need a new one. What player and style would you suggest? I love this question. You know, I love this. This is uh, especially because I feel like a lot of people who listen to a Timberwolves podcast, you're you're a hardcore fan. You get maybe a jersey every year or something like that. Whereas Matt, you know, he's someone who, um, you know, he's he's as he says, I mean, in here, he's it's in his screen name. He's he's a Wisconsin guy. I mean, he's from Apple Valley, right? Yeah. But, uh, he's, but he he's, loves he loves the Packers. He loves the Packers. He's love Wisconsin sports. He, he's football first. So as someone who's it's really you know, about another team first, like okay, now who who should I pick up for my secondary team? He you know? always makes a big deal out of it the week the Packers fall out of the playoffs every year he's like all right now it's time to pay attention to the Timberwolves baby Jimmy Butler time and so he's got he he embraces the Jimmy Butler a little bit as a troll but also because I think he's attracted to the kind of you know Jimmy has a personality he's got a big personality and so that's magnetic to some people I'll Mm -hmm. admit even as annoying as it can be it's fun too sometimes we loved it when he was here of course no so so maybe we're looking for if he's looking for something that's a little trolly like that you know and Really cheap. You can find a Johnny Flynn jersey out there, buddy. That's one that <laughs> if you want something to upset Timberwolves fans like you do when you bring in the Jimmy Butler jersey, that's a way to upset them. Okay, that's interesting because, yeah, I, I was thinking fully modern, but it is a good idea to not limit ourselves to that. We could go vintage with this. You know, I do think, you know, Matt could uh, raise up his cred in Target Center, um, and, you know, and rock a throwback, you know. And again, like, like you said, they're Farragut all. Farragut Academy KG jersey. <laughs> Even something like that, like mm-hmm. it can be found relatively cheap. Like, you know, like Timberwolves just been down and out for so long that even like their quote classic jerseys, like you could find a Googs, you can find a Marbury, you can find like Zerbiak, whoever like the top players were, you know, KG even like there's tons of those. So, you know, you could I think that is a nice, interesting move is to, yeah, maybe 
get you know you know for under 50 bucks you can get like a a pretty good like old wolves jersey you know from a past era to kind of pad your um kind of current lineup type of stuff absolutely so i like that. some are timeless and mm-hmm. i i mean you wear more throwback jerseys to the game than yeah. you wear modern jerseys yeah to the game, everyone's so. got the modern ones yeah, yeah absolutely and so i would think like the obvious answer would be anthony edwards he's the exciting young guy he's going to be on the team for another six seven years at that's least right. that's right so you're future proofing it but mm-hmm. i would say you know someone who has kind color? of got that antagonistic spirit oh i, I you got to go with the uh, remix jersey it's by far our best kit yeah if you can get a hand on it um I would say if you're really wanting someone polarizing, though, wear a Patrick Beverly jersey. I think that's good. Go too. to Oklahoma City, see how people treat you. You know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, if you like, yeah, I think a guy, a guy who pushes buttons. Well, that's that's Mr. Ninety Four. Well, and thankfully we know Matt here a little bit, so it's like, yeah, we can kind of recommend a personality type to him. So yeah, I think he would like a Beverly. And, and you know what? That this is all possible. Sure, those aren't like on the racks, but like, yeah, Target Center will make you one. Um, you know, they'll make you a custom one. So you can get any of the players. So yeah, I think doing that would be good. Um, yeah, Beverly would be, would be really fun. I think he could also be a Van, uh, Vando guy. So um, I would say one of those two, you know, in the in the in the in the classic blue um, that they have of their modern kit. So yeah, I would go with uh, those possibilities. I say there. Pat Bev remix. That's my recommendation. There you go. All right, uh, Kevin uh, Kevin uh, Ly seventeen writes. Why don't we get a Kevinly like Heavenly Kevin, Kevinly Kevinly? Uh, why don't we get a city edition court man? Get to the bottom of it. I saw that. This. That's the tweet. I saw Get this. To the bottom of it. I reached out to my contacts, <laughs> hit the ground, the pavement, worked my journalism oh, degree. Oh, nice. T- reached out to some people, and I found out okay. they don't have it, Kevin Lee, uh, because they want to upset you. Just for you. They, yeah. were, they said they were considering it, and yeah. then they saw you asking for it, and they're uh, like, who does he think he is? Yeah, some petty stuff right they there. They actually made one. It, uh, they it's Sitting backstage at the Target Center, they yeah. just won't put it down because of you. So um, I know it's mean. It's, it's whack. But actually, uh, my guess would be... Uh, Good riddance to the outgoing, uh, you know, not good riddance, you know, we, Glenn Taylor, complicated topic, but uh, <laughs> let's just say that the new, the new regime might be a little bit more open to spending money on the in arena experience as evidenced by hiring that clutch sports guy we talked about a few, oh, yeah. few weeks ago. He's here to bring that experience, the in arena experience. He's here to like make playing here cool. So I think that that's something we'll embrace going forward. I would say this is the last time the Wolves will be not on the cutting edge of teams, you know, doing yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I've been. I've been harping on this forever. You know, I've I've been I've been tweeting at uh, you know VPs uh, at the Wolves level, Ryan Tanky, VP of Marketing, and Ethan Casson, CEO of the Timberwolves. I include them in my in my tweets um, yeah, when and, I talk and maybe about this. Maybe if Kevin Lee did it less, like stop including them in your <laughs> tweets, Kevin Lee. You're really stop ruining it for them. the rest of us. Stop adding them. But yeah, I'm I'm all about this too. I mean, oh, no, we, is Kevin Lee Kevin Lynch? No, 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 it's not. It can't it can't be. Seventeen is not maybe, the right number. Maybe that was his number. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to know. Knows. I'm not uh, looking it up. Well, I would have more respect for Kevin Lynch if this was his question because this is this is important. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I've been talking about this for a while. I think maybe this is brought on by that, like we mentioned, that uh, monochrome OKC court that we saw this Ugh. week, uh, and even the bad ones. It's just like fine, like do it. Like who cares? It's just for one season. It's the same as like the city jerseys, where it's like. Go wild with them. Sure, do your best, but like err on the side of like something we've never seen before. I like that. So, you know, uh, I, I can't wait until the Wolves get this. I feel like 
I need to, you know, do I need to look at all 30 teams and see how many have never had one because I feel like the Wolves are on a very short list. Maybe only like five to eight teams probably just haven't done this yet. Um, so I feel like the Wolves are certainly, you know, they, they are, you know, much like other things on the court as far as like shooting threes. Like we're way behind the eight ball. And now we finally caught up to that trend. But I feel like this is just the latest thing where it's like, well, yeah, everyone's doing this stuff, but it's optional. The Wolves aren't going to do it. So it's going to take a while. <laughs> I think I think that that's not going to be our reputation. Like if the city longer, jerseys yes. were optional, we wouldn't have that. Yeah, like I that's why. Yes, like yes, crazy. you're right. <laughs> but like I said, that's the old regime. The new regime is a little bit more fun. Did you yeah. watch the A Rod uh, ticket season, uh, season ticket video oh, where no. he's calling people and pitching it? Oh, it's so it was pretty comedic. He was like talking to his mom because he can't sell any tickets, and everyone else is good. I was thinking for the cold open, if we didn't have an idea, we could do like A Rod calling us and us oh, being funny. like really angry about baseball things <laughs> instead, because like all the people yeah. were like making jokes in the video. But if I got a call from A Rod, I'd be like, whoa, 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 let's talk biogenesis, my friend. What were they in those steroids or something like that? Oh, you know? Yeah, I feel like you would bring up like. Like, uh, like uh, you know, beating the twins so much. Oh, yeah. You know I, mean? oh, like, I, I, I would man. lay into him about some of that stuff. Like, how bad were you juicing in 2009 when you hit that home run off of Joe Nathan in the rain at Yankee Stadium? Huh? 18 straight playoff losses. You were responsible for one of them, mister. <laughs> hey, if, if he brings us a city court, then all is forgiven. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Rod, you're you're quickly getting on my uh, off my S list. There you go. I, it was a really funny video. If you haven't seen, I'll share the link. Yeah. All right. There you go, Kevin. Kevin Lee, on there. All right. Uh, two more at Lego Might. Uh, always, always bringing in the questions. Right. Would y'all want the Wolves to stay in the West if the NBA expands to Seattle and Vegas, or do the sensible thing and join the East? Would their lives get easier with regard to the playoffs? All right, I think we're both there. I haven't talked to you about this, but I think we're unanimous on our feelings about this. That yes, yes, join the East. It'll be a lot easier. I mean, you could talk about like this year, the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. And like, obviously, Giannis is going to be a problem in Milwaukee. He signed a long term deal there. But I just think the travel aspect of it. Yeah. The Timberwolves, besides the Trailblazers, Timberwolves and Trailblazers are one and two in whatever order every year in terms of miles traveled. Yeah. They fly so much more than other teams. When you're in Boston, and you could take a train to every single one of your division opponents, you know? <laughs> and I was saying online uh, the other week, I was like, we go from flying the most miles in the league to being able to take a mega bus to all of our uh, division opponents because it would be, and I'm, I'm being honest, you could take a mega bus because this, we'd be, in a, you know, with Milwaukee, Detroit, Indiana, Chicago, like all places that are really short flights. I think it would just do amazing things for this team, not even talking about the quality of the opposition, just yeah. talking about going from the team that travels the most to the team that travels probably the least yeah and uh yeah to me it's it's sort of short-sighted to even think about like yeah where those where those um conferences are right now like if this change happens it would be like a 50-year thing like it would it's it's such a bigger thing than that so it's not even really about oh the west is always harder the east is always harder. like that can easily change um you know maybe we're starting to see it now but even season to season it can change so you're right it's it's more about the travel and more about the logistical aspects rather than getting into the you know historically weaker conference because that that can change a lot that can be you know we could see that flip and and, and it would just be like, you know, a couple yep. trades, a couple free agency moves and that that all changes. So, yeah, it's all about the travel. It's all about, you know, the players getting more sleep and all that stuff. And so. think about how fun it would be for our fans. You know, we know people who live in well, a lot of Minnesotans live in Chicago, yeah. a lot of Chicago and live here, vice versa. But a lot of our, our fans are in Wisconsin. A lot of our fans are in the Midwest. So they could go see their Timberwolves team twice a year. Yeah. You know, it, it just it would make sense. You know, so I, I really do hope this happens. Uh, one, because expansion 
expansion means the chances of the Timberwolves moving goes down like 100%, but also because I think it's it's long past due for us to be in the East. Yeah, yeah you mean moving cities, not moving... Uh, <laughs> yeah. We want to move conferences. The conference. We want to yeah, stay well, in it's just city. like the three teams that are really on that border. I mean, obviously, we're right next to Wisconsin. We are yeah. in the Mississippi, you know? But also, New Orleans and Memphis are both, you know, so close to the East, I think, geographically. Mm-hmm. Any of those three teams would make sense. Yeah, they have an the argument. East. All right, thanks for that question, Lagomites. All right, one more from FMB0. Can you make a case for the Wolves to get the fourth seed, or do you think that's 100% impossible? Nothing. Well, maybe that's not the way to phrase it. I don't know if I can do it. I can't make a... I can't make a... Anything it's not 100 percent impossible. Uh, we have to we have to remember the words of our Lord and Savior KG, and uh, anything is possible. We're currently but... only four games back of the fourth seed. Yeah, with how many to go? Fifteen, something like that. I think like so eighteen, yeah, no, so maybe that's... fifteen. So it's very unlikely. It would require like everyone on the Jazz to catch COVID again, and the Mavericks and the Nuggets to like. I don't know, play each other and run into each other and all fall yeah. down. And, you know, like, Benny I think Lu- Luca, yeah, Luca and Jokic would have to bane knees and be out for the rest of the season, you know, just like knee soreness, not not knee yeah. surgery, just a little soreness, you know. And, uh, and if that were the case, then maybe, but it's not realistic at all. FMB, you're just shooting too high here. I mean, I, mean, I like dreaming this, big. You let's know? just look at the sixth seed, though, because even that is dreaming big. I mean, people were talking about the winning the championship. Seed. I think, is it more likely the Wolves win a championship than reach the fourth seed? Because I kind of feel like the answer is yes. I suppose. Because I think the logistics of the fourth seed are just so hard. You have three teams between you. You know, like, yeah. not, you just, you, not only do you need the Jazz to fall apart, you need the Nuggets and the Mavericks to fall apart as well. Yeah, that's tough. It's asking a lot. Whereas, yeah. you know, you could say, like, we get into the playoffs and you know anything could happen we could hit teams there could be injuries you know there is a way you can construct a path to the championship i think more logically than construct a path to the fourth seed but i like you know dream big i think uh i want to say thank you to everybody who uh sending questions here for mailbag and uh be sure to follow us on twitter at wolvescast and that's the primary way that you can uh, uh, be made aware of the next mailbag and how to get your question in. We'd love to answer it. Um, but, yeah, we're moving on. We are running short on time. So let's get to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. All right, Weekly Wolfies are here, and we did not give out Wolfies last week, Scott. So I know, make Chris, sure. Finch, Chris Finch won a challenge with like four seconds left in Cleveland, and I wasn't able to give him a time a Wolfie for that successful uh, game-changing that's challenge. That's a good one, yeah. Um, I'll get us started here. I'm going to give my Wolfie to, uh, it's a little bit of a small thing, but I've really enjoyed uh, Dave Ben's uh, the last few games, uh, bringing in something that, again, is very... Uh, this is more of a novelty rather than anything else for us Wolves fans, and that is scoreboard watching during the broadcast. Uh, it's not too early to uh, keep an eye on the on those Dallas games, like we mentioned. Uh, you know the 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 Denver Nuggets as well. There's teams out there, the LA Clippers, who you know Clippers behind us, um, you know Nuggets and uh, and uh, Mavericks ahead of us, and only a few games separates uh, all of that. So. I uh, and it's again, it's just like fun that that's a thing that is happening now. And again, it's not the race to the bottom, which they wouldn't talk about on the broadcast. But this is like a fun thing where it's like, all right, we got halftime in Dallas, and they're no, they're they're down by twenty. Great, this is looking good, you know. So it's exciting that the Wolves are even in this position. But I also like as a broadcasting move, um, you know, that there's a scoreboard watching kind of aspect to this. It kind of almost reminds me like in baseball how they like they'll have the out of town score 
numbers like on the wall, like oh, yeah. on the love that. on the board. And it's like, oh man, when it gets down to the end of the season, it's like you're, you're keeping your eye on that as well. So uh, really fun and uh, cool that the Wolves are in that position to where, yeah, the, every night there's these matchups that matter, and you could gain a half game or a full game even. And uh, you know, it's it seems unlikely that the Wolves can uh, you know catch catch the Nuggets for for six, but I don't think it's impossible. So you know, I think it's definitely worth it and uh, good times to be able to have that excitement on a night to night basis. Enjoy it, folks. We only got you know again 15 more games, something like that, another month, and this regular season will be over. And who knows what will happen to the Wolves? So really enjoy um, this last you know kind of month, these last few weeks of scoreboard watching and kind of living night to night with how these games go. So really enjoying that. Shout out to Dave Benz. You get the wolf. You get the Wolfie this week, Ooh. our friend, former can't spell former, Howl without W. That former guest on the show. All right, Scott, uh, who wins your Wolfie Award this week? I want to give a brief shout out. Free Britney, everyone. Britney Griner, that is. Uh, Britney Spears has already been freed. Uh, but yeah, it's just a heinous thing. She's stuck in a Russian gulag because she had a vape pen in Russia. And now with the whole political situation, obviously Russia's not going to want to do us any favors. So she could be there for a long time. And I Yikes. think that's completely heinous and sucks. So let's keep an eye on that situation. Let's not forget about her because obviously international pressure is the only thing that's going to keep her safe. So everyone, think about Britney, free Britney. Um, but I wanted to do something a little bit more upbeat with my Wolfie. I'm a big fan of Wordle. Neil, have you played Wordle? Oh, no. I gotta get on the Wordle train. I think most people know about Wordle, so I'm not going to describe it. But they have created an NBA variant called Pirtle after Jakob Pirtle. Uh, it's less about the player, Jakob Pertl, who plays for the Spurs, and more about... Uh, <laughs> the rhyme. Yeah, exactly. Good rhyme. It's, it sounds like Wordle, Pertl. <laughs> and anyways, it's great. You get eight chances to guess a random NBA player. What happens is you guess a name, and then you get a list of things. You get their team, their conference, their division. You get their height. You get their position. You wow. get their number. And you get... Uh, I'll give you a lot of clues. Age. You're saying they give you all that and you have to guess. Yeah, and they'll and let you, you know... get the amount of boxes Right, you need to get all of them, right. But it, I, what I do for my starting guess is I always pick Andrew Wiggins because his age is like 27. He's like 6'8 hmm. or so, 6'7, I, I believe. He's and a good he, over-under. He's number 22, and so he is a good over-under. If you guess him, you'll learn a lot of information positionally. Like, oh, he, it's good to know he's older than 27. I was starting doing it with DeMar DeRozan, but everyone is younger than 32 for the most part. And yeah. 11 wasn't the biggest number. Like it, a, lot, a lot of times it was above 11, so it didn't help. So I find Wiggins is really good for center point yeah, for going off of that. Uh-huh. And only once or twice I'm trying to do it now without looking up team rosters every once in a while like one of the answers this week was David Duke Jr. who I'd never heard of he plays for the Nets oh yeah and so every once in a while you'll have to consult a roster sheet because you're like okay I know that this guy is just from process of elimination he's 22 years old he has a number under number seven and he's Ooh. he's 6'11 he's a center and he plays for the Nets I know all this but I still don't know what player it is I have to look at a roster but wow. I'm trying to challenge is myself from do they say where they're from is no there a from element there's not this? a from element to that. that would be fun that would be really good but I think a lot of these they let you know when you're close so like if you're if you guess Andrew Wiggins and the guy is 6'9 the 6'7 will be yellowed which lets you know you're within two inches of the right height okay. you know it's hard to do that with from you're you're within two colleges of the right college you know you're or something right, like that right conference exactly <laughs> but um I just think it's super fun I've been playing it every single day and so Purple. you should check it out so it's Purple. all player names uh, yeah, it's all it's all major league or NBA player names. I've been and it's good. You know, I've learned some Sagoon was an answer. Sagoon, I'm, yeah. So I'm learning some uh, fringe players. That's <laughs> helping yeah, me. Yeah, a good way to learn some. Yeah, challenge yourself. To... And if you're really having trouble, you can hit show silhouette. I haven't done that yet, but it'll oh. show you a silhouette of the player. I'm not sure wow. how accurate it is or anything. I don't think that would help it's me. Advanced, but... <laughs> just like their chest up. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll try it just to see what it's like. I, I've been trying to challenge myself and not do that though. So Pertle, everybody, super fun. Uh, give it a shot. I think you'll like it. Pertle, we'll link to it in the show notes. Go check. 
check it out. All right. Well, that sounds like a good like. Should trip. I start sharing my Purtle score on Wolvescast Twitter every if day? Can, I guess yeah. I should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, there's no other, no better place for it. Um, well, that's that's sort of a, a good uh, you know pivot point here, a good transition because talking about trivia, that's you know for a trivia person like yourself, that's the perfect game, and uh, you're bringing a, a trivia type game to us here today, Scott. So uh, go ahead and uh, let us know what's happening. All right, everybody, we had a record-breaking week. All kinds of records falling. So I thought we'd do uh, some questions about records, Neil. Team records, world records, <laughs> Timberwolves Timber records, you know? All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, Neil, with 54 wins, Chris Finch now has more wins than all but three coaches in Wolves history. First, can you name the three coaches in Wolves history who have more wins? Well, uh, with the Timberwolves, obviously. With the Wolves, well, Flip is the obvious one, yep. and then is the other one Adelman? Yep, and there's one more. Um, I, I think the next one would be. No, wait. So, you, what's the question? More wins? Yeah, who has more wins as a Timberwolves coach than Chris Finch? There's only three names. You got two of them. Uh, Adelman, Saunders. Tibbs is the first one that's coming to mind. I'll go Tibbs. Wow, that's right. Uh, now, next up, Neil, with 54 wins, he's one ahead of the play, uh, coach who had 53 wins. He's now sole owner of fourth place. So my question is, who has Ooh. the fifth most wins in Timberwolves history with 53 wins? So right underneath. Finch. Right under him. Man, they showed it on the broadcast, and I can't even recall. Um, he's a still a coach in the league for a different team. Is it Dwayne Casey? It's right. Dwayne Casey, 53 wins. He was 53 and 69 when he got fired. Not that bad for a Wolves coach. No, no. Considered, but that's tough. Yeah. All right, Neil. Uh, Malik Beasley, Threesley, set the record for threes in a game by a Timberwolf. How many did he hit? He made 11. Yeah. Uh, who did he pass for that? He passed um, young Anthony Edwards. Yes, and how many did Edwards have? He had 10 earlier this season. That's correct. All right, Neil. Malik Beasley, Threesley. Has the most points in history by a player who scored 100% of their points from the... Actually, I wanted to do a question before this. Malik is the franchise leader for three-point field goals and free field goal attempts in a single season. Who did he pass? Um, Previously held the record. He uh, passed this earlier in the week. Oh, for threes in a season? Yeah. Kevin Love? This is a little tougher. Do you know how many Kevin Love had? Malik now has 209 after last night's. Um, I think it was either, I think Love had like 189 or 190. I'll say 190. Good. Crushing it. Um, just for the record, I wanted to show Dave this. Dave Benz doesn't let you forget, Scott. No, he's great <laughs> at this stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I was looking at the uh, three-point field goal in the records. Yeah. And uh, for three-point field goals made in a single season, uh, f- three of the top five are from this season. Jeez, yeah. Three-point field goal attempts, uh, also a lot from this season. Um, Anthony Edwards, by the way, from last year, has second on the list of field goal attempts. I'm not trying to like diminish what Beasley's done. Fantastic shoot or whatever, but it is just like... Yeah, the team shoots more than anybody in the league. Like they have just so dramatically changed their scheme, and so you know it's a little. I feel like it's a little misleading, especially with the Wolves and like the types of shooters they've had in the past. Like best one ever. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, but it's still true. (laughs) I mean, we but we talked about this last year when they brought it up. I think it was during the Knicks game. Is the Wolves are like one of six franchises that never had a player hit 200 in a season, and it's good to get off that list. I think the Lakers are another franchise that still has that and aren't going to pass it this year. So like even premier franchises like the Lakers have never hit 200 in the season. And it's just like whatever the stat is, the Wolves are, yeah, they're a relatively new franchise, a relatively losing franchise. So you got to start somewhere with this stuff, right? Like even if your records aren't that impressive league-wide, like you got to 
you got to start climbing that ladder. <laughs> so whatever. All right, let's finish this up with the the weirdest record that he set. Malik Beasley now has the most points in history by a player who scored 100% of their points from three. He has the... He only okay, so uh, he only took three-pointers. He did not take a two-pointer last night. Oh, in one game. Yeah, so he now has the highest score, you know, sure. out of anyone who has only taken three-pointers in the game. Okay. He has... How many points does he have, you know? From the, well, he made 11, so that's 33. Yep. No free throws? No free throws. Not Once again, that, that would break the record then, because then he'd be scoring from <laughs> okay. somewhere else. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, previous record was 27 points in the game, and it was shared by four players. Three of which did this in the past couple seasons. One person did it this season, one person did it last season, one person did it the season before, and then one person did it way back in 1996. So my question, Neil, is can you name one of the four players who previously shared the record for most points in a game when you only shot three-pointers? Dang, only threes. That's hard. I'll tell you you the teams, okay? You said the years were were this year. Yep. One happened in on Meg's birthday, January 31st, this year, from Miami. Uh, last year, it happened on April 27th in Portland. Uh, the year before that, it happened from a Miami player again. It was April 2020. And then a Houston player in 1996, February 1996. So, oh, so this is for other other franchises. franchises. Yeah, this is an NBA record that Malik says. Wow. Okay, so this is these are not other Wolf players. Nope. These are... Um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and guess... Uh, I'm going to guess Duncan Robinson from Miami. That's correct. He he's, did it. He's one of those guys. April 2020, yes. Uh, so Max Struss is kind Max of the... Struess, yeah. Struess. He did it in January this year. Whoa. Anthony Simons did it for oh. the Portland. We saw how he yeah. can fill it up. Yep. He's a bright spot for that team It's surprising forward. he wouldn't take any floaters. Or, you know, right, yeah. It is surprising. He's not like a spot-up guy. Like yeah, Beasley exactly. Is, yeah. Uh, then Duncan did it in 2020, and then big shot Robert Horry did it oh. in 1996. So long ago. So long ago. He saw the Houston for the time. They Dang. 96, right. actually, they lost. So Beasley I, owns the NBA record. NBA record. Most points in a game by a person who only took three-pointers. Wow. He didn't take a single two? That's, wow. That's, I guess when you have it going from three like that. That's what we call a three-point specialist right there. He knows what his role is. And he did it magnificently. What a fun week. You know, just a really fun week, especially last night, all the records that were falling. Obviously, I mean, Beasley was out there hunting for it. And Edwards was so happy for him afterwards. He was like, Nah, I, I don't care that he broke that record. I'm not going to get it again because that's that's uh, I tell him and TP that they're the shooters. You know, they're <laughs> shooters. I'm a scorer, so you know they're going to have that record. I'm going to get my own records. Yeah. And it was just like he's like, I'm a scorer. I'm not a shooter. He's a shooter. That's <laughs> I just, not me. I love the breakdown. But, yeah. Uh, Ant was obviously thrilled for Beasley as was the whole team. It's clear that Beasley wanted it. He came back in the fourth to get it. You know, yes. he wanted this record. He was aware of it, just like he was aware of the two. You know, hit being the first player to get 200 he's aware of that record he's aware when he passed kevin love at 190 and so why not i like it you know shoot for the record books man yeah quite literally go for it all right well that's also it. the franchise leader in single season turnover percentage right Ooh. now which is uh, just a fun fact i saw in basketball reference yeah. earlier today. <laughs> all right that does it for this week of wolf's cast we appreciate everybody listening and subscribing and sending us questions and reading everything that's going on at Canis Hoopas. So many good posts over there. Make sure you check checking those out, as well as the many fine podcasts that happen at Canis Hoopas slash SB Nation. We'll be back next week with another episode. Will the Wolves go 4-0 this week? Maybe. Sky's the limit. It's, 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 it's you know, not Re- as likely as this week, but Recent still trends would say yes. Yeah. Past data indicates yes. to keep it going, and we'll be uh, back next week to talk about it and uh, lots more. So uh, we'll speak to you then. Farewell.
You got to get your Jaden, Jared, Jalen, Jordan, Jake, Josh is right. 